And the basic idea is it takes about a thousand days to get your side project replacing your annual salary. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Investing City podcast, where the goal is to get better at investing, business, and life. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. It really means a lot. Without further ado, enjoy this episode. We spoke with Tommy Griffith. So Tommy used to lead SEO or search engine optimization at PayPal and then Airbnb. And he left Airbnb, one of the best companies to work for in the world, to start ClickMinded, a digital marketing training course where he teaches people how to really excel in SEO. So here we talk about a ton of different things but mostly about how he started his business and how he continues to run it. So even though this isn't an investing-focused episode, I'm sure you'll learn a lot because Tommy has a lot of great things to say about business, entrepreneurship, and a lot of different concepts that are really helpful in just life in general. Hope you enjoy this one. Okay, on this episode of the Investing City Podcast, we're happy to have Tommy Griffith. So thanks for being here, Tommy. Ryan, thanks so much for having me on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Sweet. So let's jump into your background on SEO. How did you first get interested in SEO? Yeah, so um, like a lot of kind of internet entrepreneurs and internet nerds, I got, I got into the game through this book, The 4-Hour Workweek. Have you ever read that? Oh, Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss, yeah, The 4-Hour Workweek. So, um, this book came out in like 2007 or 2008. Um, it was kind of my introduction to the world. I was, I actually was going to go, well, I thought my route was going to be more similar to yours, Ryan. I studied finance at school. I thought I was going to work at a bank. Um, I graduated in 2008, which was a great time to get into finance. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember, man, I remember I put in my application at Bear Stearns. And then like three days later, they went bankrupt or like <laughs> were acquired by, I forget who acquired them. But um, it was like, okay, cool. They're a 160 year old financial institution and they disappeared. Um, so yeah, I didn't know what to do. Um, read this book for our work week and it kind of was the catalyst for um, what a lot of, how a lot of people run companies now. The basic premise, it's a, probably a little out of date now, but the basic premise is like you can build a business remotely, you can have a remote team, you can travel while you work kind of stuff. And I got really excited about that. Um, in, the, in that book, and one of the recommendations he has, he says, you know, you can make a physical product, but they usually inevitably end up getting copied. But if you have an informational product, if you have a particular type of skill set or some type of information, unique knowledge that you can deliver to the world, it's a little bit harder to copy that. And so I was kind of scheming through like what ideas I had. And I had this dorky story um, in college. A bunch of friends of mine and I started a fraternity. Um, it is exactly as obnoxious as it sounds. And, uh, you know, it kind of started as a joke when we started. And then by the time we ended, there was like 100 people in it, right? And so I looked and was using this tool using the Google AdWords Keyword Planner. It turns out 1,500 people a month were searching for how to start a fraternity. <laughs> and so I ended up writing this very dorky ebook 
on how to start a fraternity and then thought like, okay, well, I need to get this to the top of Google. Uh, I, I kind of figured it out, did a lot of searching, sort of taught myself. I started selling the book for $10. Nobody bought it. I dropped the price to $5. Nobody bought it. And then I increased the price to $47 and 250 people ended up buying it. <laughs> and so that kind of started my, my path down internet marketing. I got really fired up about that. It was a long, windy journey from there. But yeah, I, I wrote this dorky ebook. And then yeah, 10 years later, I've now been doing search engine optimization for, for about 10 years. Um, and I've managed SEO to the biggest websites in the world, which is PayPal and Airbnb. Uh, while I was there, I started the side project, ClickMinded, which is a digital marketing training course. Um, that sort of grew and grew and grew uh, while I was working at Airbnb. And two years ago, I left to go full time on it. So it's been kind of a kind of a cool ride. That's an amazing story. So I'm also curious about kind of the company cultures between PayPal and Airbnb. What were the differences of your experiences there? And just tell us about that. Oh, man. I mean, night and day. Um, yeah, just to be frank, and you know, I don't want to make my former bosses and colleagues too angry at PayPal, but um, PayPal was very boring. <laughs> PayPal was... Um, I mean, the big, large tech companies are much more like big Fortune 500 corporations, like very political, lots of people, um, there's lots of problems when you have like massive organizations like that. And so PayPal was, yeah, to be frank, um, a little bit closer to like a big, slow bank. Um, not as much of an engineering or design focus, of course, as you can tell when you're on the PayPal website <laughs> or the customer service focus at all. But it was a really good start to like my career. And, and it was cool to work on such a massive website. I, mean, I think it was the 45th highest traffic site in the world. And I was like 24 years old and managing all of search engine optimization on it. So, you know, when, when you make changes, they're serious changes. I mean, you can really move, move the internet around when you make changes, um, which was cool. Airbnb was, <clears throat> the complete opposite. I mean, you know, run by designers, um, huge focus on the customer, um, really intimate with the customer, sort of revolutionary in so many different things, how they were building the company, how they were treating users, the nature of the product. You know, when I first joined Airbnb, it was a couple hundred employees. By the time I left, it was like 2000 something. When, when I first joined, none of my friends had heard of it. And by the time I left, everyone had heard of it. You know, when I first joined, like we were being subpoenaed by the state of New York for our data because we were like breaking rules. And then by the time I left, I'd worked on a Super Bowl ad and Beyonce was staying in one, right? So it was just like a kind of a wild sort of growth trajectory, but it was cool to, to, to be there for the ride. What was kind of the skill set in terms of the differences? So how did you kind of get yourself up to speed in such a fast moving environment as Airbnb? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I mean, there was, there's a lot of kind of high performers there and um, I really did have to have to work at it because, you know, there's, a, there's like a lot of, um, I mean, it sort of depends on who you are, but I, I, I was just in this situation where everyone around me felt like gifted and I kind of had like imposter syndrome. <laughs> I felt like very inadequate, you know? Um, but yeah, just worked at it. I mean, I ended up like, I would always try and, and do things to make up for, um, for anything I wasn't good at. Right. Like for example, I wasn't an engineer, but was doing a lot of trying to, you know, uh, wrangle a lot of engineers to help make changes on the site. And one of the things I did was, 
take a bunch of online courses, a bunch of Stanford computer science online courses that were free online and learn how to do some of the engineering and write a bunch of the stuff myself. So um, I was like very kind of underqualified for the job. And I was like, crap, I got to learn all this before anyone realizes how dumb I am. <laughs> right. So there was a lot of that the whole time I was there. That's a big motivator for sure. Um, so tell us about kind of the click minded Genesis. How did you start it? When did you start it while you're still at Airbnb? Yeah. So it, it initially started, uh, while I was at PayPal and a lot of it was designed to, um, you know, I'd started a business shortly after that dorky ebook story. I started a business with a friend of mine that failed miserably. We started the startup. We borrowed money from family and friends. Uh, I did everything wrong that you could imagine you can do wrong and basically just lit everyone's money on fire. And it, it was it went really bad and kind of came home, tail between my legs, didn't know what to do next and went and got a job at PayPal and was trying a number of different side projects to try and pay off this debt I had sort of caused for myself. Um, and ClickMiner was like idea number 15. I mean, I tried a lot of different things and there might be, you know, a couple of people listening now to your show, to the Investing City show, if they're like working for someone else and they're thinking about, um, thinking about taking on a side project or starting a business, maybe, you know, adjacent to their portfolio or something like that. Uh, it's interesting how to come across this because I'm a big believer now in being, um, being really motivated and personally interested in the side project. I just see too many people um, that are, they kind of pick, they kind of pick a project that like might, might make sense from an economic perspective, but they just don't have any interest in it. And I, and I did this a lot with my first couple of businesses. I had a number of different ideas I would work through, but you know, eventually I wake up on that Saturday morning and I like, I just couldn't get out of bed. You know, and so I think your own personal interest in the side project is really vital, especially when you're hitting your first goals with whatever it may be, your first thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars or hundred thousand dollars or thousand users, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, for me it ended up being, you know, like the fifteenth idea, but but it ended up working. I really love search engine optimization. I really love teaching search engine optimization. And then, you know, surprise, surprise, the side project that ended up working was me physically teaching SEO courses in person, right? And uh, that eventually turned into an online course and kind of took off from there. So I think it's one thing to think about for anyone that's listening is um, you do want to also gauge, you know, after you do your, your Excel document work around what the total addressable market size is and what your margins are and all that, I, I, I would also take the same rigor to your own personal interest in it, right? You're going to be the engine that drives this thing across the finish line of your first goals. And I've seen it a lot. Like someone, you know, someone's a trial attorney for 20 years and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, I'm going to go sell CrossFit jump ropes. <laughs> and they're like not interested in it at all, but they think it's a good business, right? And, you know, surprise, surprise, they're not doing it a year later. So I do think that's worth keeping in mind if you're thinking about this. Yeah, that's great advice. So I'm also interested in the lessons that you learned from those first 14 ideas and that failure. So were there any things that you took away that kind of contributed to success with ClickMinded? Yeah, having the personal interest was a big one for me. Um, another one I think to keep in mind is um, there's this trope going around in entrepreneurial circles that I actually really like a lot. It's called the thousand day principle. And the basic idea is it takes about a thousand days to get your side project 
replacing your annual salary. And I was, when I first heard this, I was like, no way, that can't be true. It's got to be shorter than that. And I went and I checked the numbers and it was crazy how close it was for me. I, I, I counted down to the day and it was like 1,040 days or something like that for me. And I've asked other entrepreneurial friends as well. And everyone seems to be like somewhere between like 850 and 1,200 days, something like that. And, um, and so I think it's worth thinking about because like if you're thinking about a side project, and taking it full time, you know, there's so much survivorship bias whenever you read entrepreneurial content or listen to like kind of business podcasts, or if you're on Instagram and you're seeing like all the most attractive people in the world, like in Lamborghinis, right? It's just like all so fake. Um, and if you're thinking about this, one thing that this can be absolutely brutal or, abs or, or very reassuring, um, kind of line of thinking for, for some people, which is that it, it takes about a thousand days. And if you do that math, that's about three years. And like, if you haven't started, most people do not want to hear that, right? <laughs> Everyone wants the results by tomorrow. Um, but if you're in the middle of it right now and you're in the middle of a side project and you're trying to get it off the ground and like maybe you're half, you know, maybe you're a year and a half in and nothing's working, Maybe this is a little reassuring that like, it, you know, it, you're, it does take some time. So I do think um, I sort of drank the, the entrepreneurial Kool-Aid a bit too much and like thought, you know, thought I was going to be an overnight success. And it turns out it was a much longer slog than I had anticipated. You know what I mean? Totally. So what were those early days like of ClickMinded? How did you get yourself to really push through? It's obviously good that you enjoyed what you're doing, but what are some, if you have any examples of days where you woke up and you're thinking, ah, I don't know if I can do this. Just talk us through your mindset during those moments. Yeah, I mean, the big, um, the big one was when I finally quit my job to go full time. Um, and so it was a big it was a big issue for me because, you know, Airbnb was a cool company. It was cool to work there. I enjoyed what I was doing for a while. I had felt unaccomplished there. I wanted to do more. Um, but when I, you know, just other personal stuff too, I was dating someone like I, I liked hanging out with my friends. I just kind of wasn't ready. Um, but you know, when I finally pulled the trigger, when I was ready to go, I had really set my expectations super high for how everything was going to go. And it ended up being pretty miserable. I mean, before the show we were talking, I've been traveling for a little while now and I had this idea to like travel and build the business again. And uh, there's a lot of like people doing the digital nomad thing now. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but it's just people all over Instagram, you know, on the beach with the coconut and the laptop <laughs> building their business. <laughs> and like, I really bought this dream hard. I drank this Kool-Aid. And so I, I, that was my plan. I was going to leave San Francisco you know, fly to Bali, go hang out there, build the business and like, and live the dream. And, uh, and when I got there, it was miserable. The minute I got there, I was robbed by the police, like right away. <laughs> I started throwing up from food poisoning. When I got there, I had invested, I was ready to pivot the course to like more comprehensive digital marketing training courses. And I invested $15,000 in like upgrading the course and all the audio we had gotten from it was was nearly ruined. I, it was like raining really hard that day on this warehouse I'd rented. And everything I had just paid for seemed ruined. And so I'm sitting in Bali. It's part of pouring raining. I'm like looking up at the sky. I'd just been robbed 
I was throwing up from food poisoning. I'm holding this external hard drive with $15,000 worth of garbage footage. <laughs> and I'm just like thinking about life at Airbnb, like unlimited breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and like the bean bags and the MacBooks and this kind of stuff. And I'm just thinking like, what am I doing, <laughs> right? Like, why am I here? And I think um, it's very reasonable if you're listening to this show, the Investing City podcast, and you're thinking about like, okay, like, do I want to go full time on this side project? I think it's very reasonable to question this. Entrepreneurial, you know, taking the entrepreneurial leap is often a very dumb idea. <laughs> it's often very stupid. Um, and yeah, so I, I went through a lot of that. I was, I was, you know, had, I mean, Glassdoor had literally ranked Airbnb the best company to work for in the world when, when I left, right? And so like, uh, um, I questioned myself a lot when I did it. Ultimately, I'm being a little bit of a drama queen. Like, you know, I got through it. Um, you know, we fixed a lot of the audio. I stopped getting robbed, all that kind of stuff. But one, one thing that I think was really helpful was I, I didn't really give myself a chance to, to fail. I mean, I, I, I left the country. I got rid of all my stuff. I put everything into a backpack. Um, I took, bought a one-way ticket. And it was like, you got to make this work. You know, it wasn't... I didn't really give myself a chance to kind of... Um, go halfway. I sort of had to do it. And so when you, it depends on your personality. But for me, when I put myself in a situation where I sort of had to pull it out of the hat, it ended up working out. I think that's a really important point. And what would you say for people who are kind of thinking about leaving their jobs and maybe they're doing this side project and they're spending a decent amount of time with it? What are those things that they have to think through in terms of if they make that leap or not? Yeah, that is a really good question, Ryan. And I think um, there's a great concept around this that I like to talk about. My friend, um, Dan Andrews, he runs this podcast called Tropical MBA. He coined this term. It's really, it's really helpful called exit velocity. Um, the idea here is, so I have the definition here. I can read it. It says exit velocity, the amount of professional and entrepreneurial momentum you have when quitting your job and starting a new venture. Momentum can come from a variety of sources, investment, capital, experience, anchor clients, industry knowledge, and connections, aka unfair advantage. So I, I think this is a really important point for anyone that's listening and thinking about, you know, what do they need to do to make the leap? Um, my first business was such a dumb idea. Uh, we got into the medical space and I was 22 years old. I had no experience in this space. Um, I had no investment money, no capital, no experience, no anchor clients, no industry knowledge, and most importantly, no interest in the industry. <laughs> and surprise, surprise, it didn't work, right? Like, um, but with the second idea, I guess, you know, the 15th idea, um, I had a lot of exit velocity, right? I was managing search engine optimization at PayPal and Airbnb. And then on the side, I was, I was teaching search engine optimization to startups on the side and then turn that into an online course. And then I was using my online course at work. So anyone that joined the SEO team at Airbnb, the designers and data scientists and engineers that joined the team, I would have them take the course and then get, get a bunch of feedback on it. I also got a bunch of brand credibility from it, right? I was the SEO guy from Airbnb. And so my course was like, you know, kind of had that. And so by the time I'd left, I had so much exit velocity. I had kind of stacked the deck so much in my own favor and I had so many unfair advantages that 
um, it was kind of inevitable that, that it had to work, even if I sort of stumbled out of the gates a little bit. And I think that's worth thinking about for anyone that's listening now is like, look, you're working somewhere else now and someone else is paying you for a very specific, discrete type of skill, right? You're doing something every day. You're providing value every day. You can use that. And the example I, I talked about before, like <laughs> the trial attorney for 20 years who goes to sell CrossFit jump ropes. Like if you, if, okay, if you love CrossFit, sure, go ahead and do that. That's fine. But you're kind of starting over. And so one thing to think about that sort of minimizes your risk is what are you doing now every day that you're being paid for already that you can leverage into the next thing? So uh, you don't have to start um, like completely from zero when you start this thing. You can get a running start. And I do think that's a really important idea to think about is like figure out the trajectory that you're going to exit your company at uh, because it can be a very helpful sort of tool in increasing your, your chances of survival. That's great. So let's go back to Bali. So you're in Bali, you have this really bad day. What are the practical steps that you actually take in order to get this business off the ground? And then kind of just talk us through what you've been doing since in order to keep just growing the business. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's actually kind of funny because, you know, a lot, have you ever seen, <laughs> do you ever see the Facebook movie? That, uh, um, the social network the social network yeah did you ever see that yeah i saw that yeah so in that movie for anyone who sees it you know and it's really funny it's really hard to make a movie about anything related to tech product because like tech products are so boring <laughs> and like the actual footage would just be like boring people staring at screens all day <laughs> but there's this moment in the social network where like the guy playing mark zuckerberg he like he's in a classroom and someone says like oh, is that girl single or is that guy single? Oh, I wish she had like, she had like a sign on her that said I'm single. And he has this like aha moment and he runs back to his dorm room and he builds the feature that uh, it's like the relationship status feature in Facebook, like in a relationship or single. And it's this like dramatic moment where it's like the killer feature that everyone loves, right? And everyone's going to be on Facebook now because they're going to know if people are single or not. And that's so hilariously incorrect with how like building tech products work, right? We like, how did we solve all these seemingly unsolvable problems? We, 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 we did it in the most boring way possible. We opened up a Google sheet. We listed out everything we thought that would grow the business. We prioritized them and we like quietly worked on them for six months, right? <laughs> like it was, it was not sexy at all, but it was just a matter of, you know, being all in on the product, uh, having no, no choice but to grow it um, and taking a reasonable stab at what would grow the business and, and what wouldn't and then, um, and then taking it from there. So I wish I could say there's a magic formula or you know, a secret code or magic pixie dust, but the reality is it's incredibly boring. It's incredibly unsexy and it was just us like prioritizing things and, and moving down the list and that was, <laughs> that was really all there was to it. Good old-fashioned hard work. That's awesome. That's right. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so give us a little SEO primer. What are things people need to know if they're trying to utilize SEO for their small business or just trying to get better at it? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, if I only had 30 seconds to, to kind of um, walk you through it, uh, kind of elevator pitch, I would say the three big things are uh, relevance, uh, authority, and technical optimization. So yeah, relevance at a really high level is um, 
making sure you're really dialed into the actual the 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 page and the um kind of what the user's looking for. So in the SEO world, when you're talking about Google, this means you know making sure you know your primary keyword, making sure it's in the title and the heading, and um, mentioned two or three times in the copy, that kind of stuff. Um, the authority, very simply, is popularity, right? In the SEO world, this usually means backlinks, right? So the more links we have from other sites that are linking to us, the higher we move up in search results. And then the third one is technical optimization. At a really high level, there's 1.5 billion websites in the world. And uh, technical optimization is just the engineering we do behind the scenes to, um, to make it easier for search engines to find us. Um, the one thing I do want to kind of mention here, and, and Ryan, I can give you a bunch of free resources that people can check out because it's tough to do this stuff over just audio, but we have a bunch of free checklists and cheat sheets and strategy guides and, and things like that. But um, one thing I do want to mention that a lot of people get wrong, SEO is not just, is no longer just Google on your desktop, right? So any modern web application that has to rank things has to manage what we call document relevancy. They have to manage this document relevancy problem, right? So it doesn't matter who you are. The easy ones are like, okay, Google Images or YouTube, right? YouTube has to rank videos. But there's other ones as well. There's Yelp SEO. There's Amazon SEO. There's Pinterest SEO. There's App Store optimization. There's Airbnb SEO, right? Ranking your, your listing higher. There's Quora SEO or Yahoo Answers SEO, right? LinkedIn SEO. But any modern web application that has a, an internal search engine, you can do SEO for. And so um, that's kind of the idea is we, we kind of stress that it depends on your business. It depends on where your customers are and where they hang out online. But the basic premise here is you can take those three things, sort of relevancy, authority, and technical optimization, and use them to, uh, to optimize for any modern web application that has a search engine. That's sort of how we think about it. And I can link you up with more free resources if people want to learn more. Great. Is there one of those three that has a bigger point of leverage, like authority or relevancy or something like that? Um, so in general, authority, the second one is kind of the one you, you're never done doing. Um, but with the, the relevancy, the first one, it's kind of a non-starter, right? If, if your, your, your document, your page has to be relevant to the keyword you're optimizing for, right? Um, if, I, if I'm trying to optimize for red shoes and I only have the word green shoes all over my, my page, you're never going to get anywhere, right? So you kind of have to have, have to have both. I will say with technical optimization in general, the smaller your site is, the fewer number of pages your site has, the less important this is. There's still a handful of things you need to do and you can absolutely still shoot yourself in the foot. But technical optimization is kind of increasingly more important the, the bigger your site is, right? At PayPal, we were optimizing for you know a few thousand pages. Um, at Airbnb, we were optimizing for an upper bound of 10 million pages. And at ClickMind, we're optimizing for 100 pages, right? So it really, it really depends on, uh, on your business and, and who your customers are and, and what your goals are. Gotcha. And I want to go back to ClickMinded for a second because just thinking about internet businesses, the big thing is competition, right? Because if you get your internet business going, the margins are crazy. So how did you differentiate yourself from all the other SEO digital courses out there? Yeah, we have, um, I mean, we probably have a thousand competitors um, all the way down from free blog posts and YouTube videos 
all the way up to $100,000 master's degrees in digital marketing, right? So um, we have everyone, everyone, everyone trying to eat our lunch. Um, yeah, I mean, we, our angle has always been, you know, that we focus more on selling the speed. So we get these questions all the time, like, hey, what secret tactics are you going to teach me? What am I going to learn that I can't learn anywhere else? And our answer is absolutely none. Uh, you can learn everything here on your own. It's all on YouTube and blog posts. You absolutely don't need this course, but we've been doing it for a long time and, and this is how we do it. Um, the other thing too is we're pretty relentless about our customer avatars. So we're very focused on entrepreneurs, in-house marketers, and consultants or agencies. And we focus on people in the kind of beginner to intermediate range. So people come in and, and kind of with a, sometimes kind of with a very snobby attitude. Like, I'm an advanced SEO. I've worked at the biggest companies. I've been doing SEO for 10 years. Why should I sign up for your course? And we're like, you absolutely should not sign up for this course. <laughs> Please don't sign up for this course. You know, we're just like really dialed into to who our users are. One other thing that um, people do seem to like, you know, as we pivoted from SEO to all to seven different types of internet marketing, right? So we do um, paid advertisements, content marketing, social media marketing, email marketing, sales funnels, um, Google Analytics. We, we, we have a number of different courses, but our model is we try and find world-class instructors that do this stuff every day, right? So our social media course is taught by the former head of social media at Airbnb. The content marketing course is taught by the former content strategist from Lyft. And we try and find these people that are kind of doing this stuff at companies where, where it really matters. Um, the last piece of feedback we get from users that where we have differentiated is all of our stuff includes unlimited lifetime access and free updates for life. So it's kind of a one-time fee. And then anytime we push future updates to it, you get all those for free. There's no like upselling to the next version of it. You get those for free. So we have users that have enrolled in 2012 and, you know, we just pushed out new updates last week that they're, that they're still getting. So some people just kind of like a single source of truth for where they want to learn a place, a place that they trust. They don't want to scour the YouTube videos. They don't want to keep up to date with it. They don't want to read the blog posts. And uh, we, we've gotten a lot of those people. A lot of people, they, they buy the speed. They're interested in learning from just us and, um, and it's working for us. We're pretty happy with it. That's great. So, you know, we don't want to take up too much of your time, but also just interested in the daily habits that you do that have contributed to your success. Is there anything you do on a daily basis? Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, the classic dorky ones, I wake up early and in the gym early. Um, other ones that are interesting, I'm pretty, pretty relentless with, with time. Um, so, and not that I'm always busy, actually, I'm down to, I mean, outside of this, this podcast, I'm probably down to like one or two meetings a week, sometimes one or two meetings every couple of weeks, but it's just more about, um, giving, yeah, giving myself a lot of breathing room to like work on stuff and think about stuff, um, and not take, um, a lot of useless sort of meetings, um, and just sticking to text and text and email and stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to think about other ones. One that I think is really fun that a lot of people don't talk about. When I get stuck, uh, and this seems a little psychotic, but <laughs> when I get stuck on something, no matter what it is, a business problem, a life problem, whatever, um, I change up everything in my life. Everything. Like I just, it's, it's that classic saying, like, what's that, that classic cliche? Uh, you do, 
doing the same thing. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and getting and expecting different results. And so if I'm completely stuck, I change up everything in my life. Like I wake up at a different time. I rearrange my apartment in a crazy way. I take a different route to work. If I'm eating healthy, I'll start eating junk food. If I'm eating junk food, I'll start eating healthy. Like I'll buy different clothes. Like you talk, call up old friends. I just kind of change everything in my life. And I don't know why, but I always break through. Like it always works. <laughs> and so um, it makes no sense. I look like an absolutely crazy person from the outside, but I just introduce like a number of violent changes to my routine um, when I'm stuck and it always ends up working. I have no idea why. <laughs> How did you start that? Um. Actually, I think it was reading that really obnoxious cliche quote of doing the same thing over and over and getting the same, getting, expecting different results. And I was like, whoever, whoever said that or whoever like misattributed it to Einstein and put it on Facebook or whatever uh, is probably right. And I was like, I'm just going to do everything different today. And, I, and it just always works. I don't know why. That's amazing. It's like that Seinfeld episode, if anybody's a fan, where George does the opposite of all his inclinations and then he just ends up with a very successful life. <laughs> it is exactly like that Seinfeld episode. It is, ex I should just call it that. It's just, it's just called the George Costanza move. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, well, we just want to thank you for your time, Tommy. Super interesting and a lot of applicable wisdom for entrepreneurship, SEO, and so much more. So thanks again. Yeah, Ryan, thanks a lot uh, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks again for listening. You can find more information at www.investingcity.org where you can sign up and subscribe for our email newsletter that goes out every Tuesday and Friday. And you can also follow us on basically every social media platform on the face of the earth. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave us an iTunes review as it really helps us out. And with that, have a fantastic day.